January 24th, 1999. Super Smash Brothers was out for Nintendo 64, though for legal reasons, they have to change the name to Super Smash Step Brothers. Varsity Blues was number one at the box office, with slightly fewer 20-year-olds pretending to be teenagers than a regular high school football team in Texas. You couldn't turn on MTV without seeing the Baby One More Time video, which left me wondering when the choreographed dance routine would break out in my third period trade class. Meanwhile, in Anaheim, California, Steve Austin and Vince McMahon continued their feud at the 1999 Royal Rumble. Let's make some noise up in this biz itch. This is Hell in a Cell Phone. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. With me always, the man with all the facts, we've got Bobby Hankinson. Hello, I have as many facts as I can fit into these cargo shorts. And Eric Silver. Happy to be a part of the podcast with episodes the length of the proper amount of time you should wash your hands. <laughs> So uh, it should be literally an hour and a half of washing your hands uh, to get rid of any any bacteria. Anything okay, listeners, all. we're going to clap our hands. And then when we do, you're all going to start washing your hands at once. And then you'll finish <laughs> at the end of the episode. <laughs> okay, it's one, two, three, and then clap. Okay. Distance recording is fun, y'all. <laughs> yeah, and we all know you're not done washing your hands until you've taken a layer of the dermis off with it. Oh yeah, I want to see bone. <laughs> <laughs> that Bobby, how often have you had to say that? I feel like that's it that's is coming my... up a lot in your in your social media. Let me tell you, since I've been in this pandemic, my close friends list is is basically just like bones, alms for the bones, bones for the alms, bones <laughs> for the poor. I don't I don't really know how that would come together. Aaron, you teach Shakespeare here. Do a seminar. Uh yeah you're, yeah, you're masturbating on camera is what you're saying, right? No, 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 I'm not. No, literally. No, I'm not yet. Definitely not yet. I, I think it's, I think it's beware the bones of March. <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm, I'm definitely not yet, but this, I, uh, the slippery slope is, is, is been slipping. I've been slipping, slipping. already. I'm, I, I'm already slipping. That's the lube. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight we're going back to the, uh, the start of the wrestling year in 1999. One of the best um years of the wwf for sure maybe not the best start to it with the 1999 royal rumble but before we get to that this was four days after my 17th birthday so i could finally get into a rated r movie without being accompanied by a parent what was the movie you saw i don't remember i just remember 1999 was like the year where all of a sudden it was a big deal like they they carded you to go in to see an R-rated movie. I feel like the South Park movie came out that year, and that was like, we can't let the children in to see this. A lot I of, thought you were uh, going to say, because of being John Malkovich. No, not following. Uh, no, just because it came out in 1999. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. It's clearly a movie that a child would not want to see. <laughs> all, That's it. All the 14-year-olds trying to get into Spike Jonze's uh, auteur masterpiece. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Um, probably also went to the Outback Steakhouse again. Guys, remember uh, remember going out to restaurants? 
how dare you bring a Batback State House? Because like literally, I felt it like deeply, viscerally inside my bones, being like, "Fucking damn, do I want some Outback Steakhouse right now?" Let's make a pact. You guys say, yeah. As soon as this is done, the three of us will go to the Outback Steakhouse. We'll split a bloomin' onion. We'll get the kookaburra wings. We'll get a nice steak. You had me at Outback. You lost me at splitting. <laughs> I want my own damn bloomin' onion. You fuckers can go. Oh now. man. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So um, I've been, I guess, most of the month or now we're maybe past the 30 days. Most of of quarantine, I'd say everything but maybe two meals has been home cooked. Like we've we've just been cooking a lot and 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 eating, making our own food. And it's crazy to me because like the you know, once in a while we've been like, okay, let's let's order in. And when we've ordered in, it's been like too salty like i think my palate has changed by has been changed by like you know just the ingredients we're using and i'm not used to like restaurant palate anymore so i don't even know if i would enjoy you're gonna walk into the outback steakhouse and just like shrivel up all the moisture is gonna leave your body (laughs) yeah i'm gonna be like i'm gonna be like guys uh you you poured an entire shaker of salt onto this for everything even the soda is gonna be like too salty (laughs) Well, should we get into this? Must we? And we must. It is our it, purview. It is. Okay. Well, maybe if I could just distract us for just one more second, because sure. I really don't want to talk about this pay-per-view. Okay. Um, in 1999, I was wearing a lot of Fila shirts. Have we talked about that this before? Uh, I remember very specifically. Like the soccer shoe? Oh, yes. I feel like they they were they definitely had like a big moment in my high school. I'm not sure if this was a national thing, but like that was like big style. And I had this like soccer style kind of shirt that was like silky and meshy and it was Fila and I was very excited to wear it to the first big party I got invited to that I thought was truly going to be like can't hardly wait. Uh, And so (laughs) I that's like what I was expecting. I was like, okay, just be cool. This is my first real party. No big deal. Uh, It's like (laughs) got my got my Fila shirt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it was like I'm going to walk in the. The jocks are going to be on one side. The stoners are going to be on that side. I need to decide where I'm going to sit. Where are the weirdos? Where are the freaks? Listen, all of the all the elements were there. Like it was like two brothers, parents out of town. They own all this property. They like own this restaurant. They have this back house. It's like this whole. Ex- they own a restaurant. I just the whole thing just felt like felt like it, all the pieces were falling into place. Wait, was this the fabulous Baker Boys? <laughs> I feel like that was the. Pl- um, by the way, uh, Big Fila Style was my favorite Will Smith album. <laughs> uh, we're nearing the millennium as uh, as we're recording. Oh no, I know. Um, all of uh, all of Vince McMahon's debt is going to be erased when the <laughs> the clocks strike zero zero and it becomes nineteen hundred again. So you're you're in your Fila, you're at this party, and what happened, Bobby? Literally nothing. It was obviously a huge disappointment. Like nothing, nothing happened. This was before I had like, I wasn't even in high school yet. This was like eighth grade technically still. So I wasn't like fully in my feeling my full freak yet. And this was like, uh, I kind of like went with like full intentions, uh, sincerely. And, uh, it was disappointing. It wasn't bad. There's nothing like traumatizing happened, but I do very distinctly remember the outfit I wore to that party. Cause I was like, well, I have to look like someone who would be going to a party. <laughs> <laughs> with a bunch of high school kids. I was like, so how do they dress? I can't hardly wait. Uh, and I think I nailed it. Uh, huh. Yeah. I definitely had like skateboarder shoes on. I'm like, I'm sure like big baggy, like Jenko shorts. 
But like, no, I, I know I, 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 I understood the assignment, you know, for the time. Janko, Janko made shorts also. Oh yes. And they were equally big. Or I'm sure maybe they were billabong. I mean, who just Quicksilver, who could say? I'm just trying to picture a Janko sh- short, like, like hovering around your thighs. Yes. As, oh. as I've said, like a, like a bell or something a samurai would wear. I was going to say like bloomers. Yeah. That makes um, sense for the pants. I, I just couldn't picture the shorts. Bobby, I'm I'm very impressed with uh with your fashion sense in eighth grade because in eighth grade I was wearing like like twisted Alice in Wonderland t-shirts. Ooh, <laughs> like, very like, familiar. Like, right, like the ones where it's like, oh shit, that Cheshire cat's a little bit on drugs, <laughs> or like, uh, God, or like, ooh, that Mad Hatter. Look at that. Look at the he's. Like somebody, somebody really used the uh, the Pink Floyd like artist from from the Wall album for like this guy. Yeah, it was, and I was just like wearing like baggy, probably carpenter jeans uh, in eighth grade, and like Alice in Wonderland shirts, and never a jacket even winter. It was terrible. Guys, in well, eighth grade, I don't think I owned a jean. <laughs> Not I, a right, single well, jean. Also... Not one dungaree. <laughs> <laughs> I was all sweatpants all the time. Well, yeah, but you covered that. It's because uh, you know, all all you wore all the time were like like uh uh chinos and like a shirt and a tie. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh there was a school uniform, yeah. The only the it only didn't look, shirt and tie it didn't, I wore uh, were... it didn't look anywhere like the uh the Britney Spears one more time video. <laughs> well, th- there goes my masturbation fantasy for later. Put it on Bobby's Instagram. Uh, close friends only, bitch. <laughs> yeah, are we, that definitely doesn't include us. Are we not? No, close no, that's not what that's not what we mean by close friends. Right. Even we're not that close. So should we get to the intro? Oh boy, let's do it. Oh, All fine. Right. Uh, I was very surprised by it. We get the uh, the first introduction of the No Chance in Hell song. Yep, and it. It was not written, I believe, for Vince to use as a theme ever. So this was just written for this pay-per-view theme occurrence. The subtitle, No Chance in Hell, for Steve Austin. Uh, I I was like, do we really need the subtitle, No Chance in Hell? Like, it, it's almost like maybe it's there's no point to it. <laughs> like, I guess I get it, but... I don't know. It's kind of like a... I, I do feel like there is like a swerve within a swerve. Obviously, we'll talk about more later. Uh, where I think, like, going into this, if I saw, uh, after the weeks that we've seen, after the Austin McMahon segments we've gone through, that Vince McMahon has promised that this time, really, he's figured it out, and Steve Austin won't get away this time. Like, even as a fan, you're going, you're like, well, how's Austin going to get one over on him this time? What kind of big truck is he going to drive over something? (laughs) Is he going to drive, like, what's it going to be? Is it going to be a motorcycle human centipede? Like, what is it going to be this time? No one knows. (laughs) But, like, that's what you're expecting. So I kind of almost feel like, I can definitely see, like, Vince Russo in, like, a Scarface-esque scene, just huffing mountains of cocaine and being like, no, you see, the swerve is the swerve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this is the swerve into like off of the 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 curve on the highway, and it's just right off the mountain. 
Well, because you know, wrestling is so they, they you know they they depend on the swerve so often that it it sort of unswerves itself. Like you're trained to be like they're like look over here and you know what they're doing. So for this to be like look yeah. over here and the trick really happens over there, you're like oh shit, <laughs> that's unexpected. Oh, Not necessarily bitch. thrilling. You but got me. Yeah, a little different. <laughs> I mean, this subtitle was the answer to the question, will I have fun during this pay-per-view? Well, that I will not disagree <laughs> with. No chance in hell, my friends. You didn't have fun at all in this. Um, no. no, there were a few good times. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. We'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. But, it. I mean, overall, if, if if you had told me that, like, hey, watch this episode of Raw and tell me what you think, I'd be like, that was a fun time. What a cast of characters. But mm-hmm. as a pay-per-view, I was like, I wanted to... there was only one i would say good good match on this whole thing and it was unbearable to watch so there was really nothing i would i would yeah i I would stream again on this that's the way i put all of this okay and also china is in the rumble i was super excited to see china was going to enter the royal rumble yeah they had a um battle royal between dx and the corporation for the number 30 spot and at first china wasn't even involved in it then she comes in at the end she eliminates um she eliminates vince and she gets the number 30 spot it was great less great was king's incredulous and for the first time a woman's in the rumble <laughs> right it's almost like a dog on a basketball team <laughs> there's nothing in the rule book that says a woman can't be in the rumble <laughs> no it's called the royal testicle rumble <laughs> well you do the rumble testicles. with your penis right that's that's why <laughs> okay so first match Let's sure all right, first we got Road Dog versus the Big Boss Man. And the story of the build for this has been a lot of Degeneration X versus the Corporation. Uh, Eric, you'd be happy to know you didn't have to watch another DX parody, this time with zero blackface, but with two little people attached to Billy, uh, no, sorry, Road Gun's ass as the Stooges to Road Dog's Vince McMahon. Yeah, that's got some, I guess that's that's a little bit like AAA, uh style yeah i mean i again no blackface is always a win for me yeah i mean look uh is the exploitation of little people cool uh arguably not but (laughs) arguably there is a there is one that's what i'm saying there is a there is a cultural precedent in mexico and and you know triple a wrestling down there and you know it is a thing so well we just before we've seen the minis and we had the minis doing actual wrestling and some really fucking cool shit and then just to kind of see them go back to this tired thing um it was a bummer well yeah no but what i'm saying is mexico does it both ways they 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 have real minis matches and then they have this shit too but wait just to be clear it's not that there's no blackface in this right there's just a lot less blackface right Oh yeah, um, Hunter is in brown face. <laughs> it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. Before <laughs> yeah. we're like, you know, well, the last one had blackface. This one has little people, and it's like, ah, ah, whoa, whoa, whoa. This one also has blackface. It's got, oh, it's yeah. got a lot. It's got a lot. Yeah, less you're right. Of it. You're right, Aaron. How much? How much blackface is enough for it to count with you? That's got, kind of what I'm wondering. Because Halloween is coming up, and I'd like to know. Yeah, Aaron. How much blackface is worse than little people uh, attached I... to the <laughs> That's that's. I guess that's the question. Uh, on all our minds, uh, the answer is six. 
Um, and the answer is any. The- <laughs> um, I yeah, I uh, I watched the Raws like two. Was it like a month ago that we were supposed to record this the first time, and then the world went to hell, and so it's probably been yeah. like two months since I watched that episode of Raw. Yeah. Sorry, then no, 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 I, no. I just check checks notes. It's like oh, okay, yep, 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 again. Also, just Aaron and, and listener, there's going to be a lot of that this time because Aaron, as he just alluded to, we had been preparing to record this before, and since we can't, we're all going to probably be revisiting stuff, right? Yeah. Not me. I'm I'm fresh. Aaron, That's easy. That's Eric gets the benefit for not doing the homework properly. <laughs> That's it's sort of like how I didn't do my taxes for 2019, but I did them for 2018, and I feel like I'm going to get more stimulus money now. Should I say that on air? Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. Was that worthwhile of a I, metaphor? I, I don't think the IRS follows uh, wrestling. Erwin oh, 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 Arshaiser. <laughs> and listen, and Mike Rotunda got a lot of time on his hands now. Yeah, oh. I know. He got he got laid off on tax day. What a what a pain in the ass. Uh, by the way, I'm uh, Aaron. I'm very glad that you uh, alluded to the to Road Dog's biznitch. Uh, it wasn't even biznitch. Biz niche. Was it biznatch? It was biz itch. Right, biz itch. No one biz. I was like this. Uh, he was like he had he had full your mom's boyfriend Carl energy right there. Like, hey biz itches, who wants to have some hot dogs? They're fresh off the grill. Well, um, boss man had your mom's boyfriend Carl's ADD addled son energy when he was bouncing off the ropes at the start to psych out the road dog. <laughs> Yeah, well, now I'm trained. Every time I see them start bouncing off the ropes, I'm like, oh, when's the finger poke of death going to happen? <laughs> um, Road Dog's coming into this off of some very fun matches against Al Snow and Gangrel um, for the hardcore title. The fact that this wasn't a hardcore title, I guess, probably makes sense considering what's going to happen later on in the night. But when you have a toy, why don't you just use it? It's a pay-per-view. Well, it's very weird to have a champion in a one-on-one match at a pay-per-view and the title's not on the line. It's like, right. what? Yeah. Why? Just like, why? Why? Why not? <laughs> and if it's like, if it was just like an exhibition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If he's not a worthy challenger, then why the fuck do I gotta watch him? I enjoyed this match though. I thought that you know what? Uh, I forgot that Road Dog kind of had like a fun little run here where you're, he's a pretty good time. Uh, and I think Hardcore oh. suits him because he's not much of a wrest. You know, he's not much of a physical specimen i would say like that's not his talents he's a showman yeah he's not he's not much of a brawler he's he's more of a brawler not much of a wrestler yeah um there was one part i i caught that i that i thought was funny there was a point where they were outside the ring and boss man pulls the camera closer to hit road dog they're like he's like he's like get closer get closer and what camera did we not cut to that camera at all no. it was just he just like get closer, get closer, and then he hits Road Dog, and then like we just see the camera that's there. I'm like, cool, man. Everyone's uh, everyone's firing on all cylinders. It's an unforced error right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I also love how Michael Cole set up this match as like the strength of the Bossman versus the speed and the agility of the Road Dog. I was like, is that what the Road Dog is known for? <laughs> His speed and agility. It wasn't like he's fighting Rey Mysterio. You know what I mean? I was like. His speed and agility. I thought the Road Dog was known for like funny catchphrases and 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 having uh like braids, unfortunate hair right. choices. 
Right. The the braids of versus the the strength of boss man versus the braids of road dog. Yeah. The strength of boss man versus the Rasta lifestyle that road dog has adopted. Versus the uh, Spencer gifts t-shirt that road dog will always wear. I don't know if I get why the match went the way it did. How do you mean? With uh, it was a quick finish. Bossman goes over. Yeah, I think I didn't understand it. Like, uh, I and I don't really remember because even though I watched it ten hours ago, uh, <laughs> but like from my memory of it, I just remember. I think I was. Just, yeah, I think what you were saying was like it just went really, really quickly. How did it end? I don't remember. Uh, what's Bossman's finisher? Like a sidewalk boss slam. Bossman right slam. Now? Yeah, it's called yeah, the Bossman boss slam. slam. Um, and um, Road Dog kind of like had the upper hand for most of the the end of the match, and then it just quick. It, boss man does the um, boss yeah. the slam, and then one two three, it's done. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It was just like it looked like um, it looked like Road Dog really had the momentum, and then it was just like oh, it, it just flipped immediately, and it was done. Uh, it just felt it felt like a weird. Uh, I'm not. I don't know. Not necessarily a squash, but it just felt like it was like cut for time. I'm not sure. I guess what I could say with that is that the thing about the Royal Rumble is that things can change in an instant, and so just kind of selling, um, Bossman like the unpredictability of Bossman's offense and something to watch out for later on in the night in the Rumble. Which of, of course is gonna definitely play a big role in the Rumble as we saw i guess well yeah i think so uh, really i don't know i didn't see any like I, I don't know if i if the boss man necessarily like he he hung in whatever we'll talk about it yeah. but like i didn't see i didn't see you know his fortunes turn or anything in the same way anyway anyway uh then we go to another match that we've seen multiple times in the raws leading up to this billy gunn versus shamrock Oh boy. And Billy Gunn's big hairy butt that Jerry Lawler won't stop talking about. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Okay. As an expert, Billy Gunn's butt is hairless. <laughs> so I don't care what yeah, Jerry Lawler keeps saying. He's repeatedly was like, he put his big hairy butt in his sister's face. His big hairy butt. He got his big old hairy butt. And I was like, Jesus, Jerry, first of all, stop talking about hairy butts. Or maybe I've just been in quarantine too long, you guys. But honestly, I, what bothered me most is that it felt inaccurate. Maybe he has a hairy hole. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna reflect on that a little longer. I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a it's such a weird thing to hear the New Age Outlaws music like two matches in a row. Yeah, totally, like, totally. It's a yeah. It, it's weird to have the repeat in the entrances, um, and then to see them just kind of like greet each other in the tunnel it was weird yeah it, no, it just uh something it just felt off oh, yeah this match is also fucking boring so boring yes it was oh my god so boring also what is what is if you ain't down with w wpmc mean couldn't tell you what's i, I imagine yeah it was what, it's with... what billy gunn said for his thing uh you know, in the beginning instead of uh, DX, but I have no idea what it means. 
Yeah, I caught I caught it too, but I didn't know what exactly he was saying. I couldn't figure out what the letters or words were that he was saying, so it made it difficult to Google. White trash yeah. children. It's it was WP. I thought it was WPMC. So oh, WPMC. Uh, yeah, WPMC. <laughs> WPMC. <laughs> that's an old. That's an old cut. Uh, but from actually around this year, right? What didn't Private Parts come out around? I, yeah, I late think it 90s? was '98. I think and that might have been in in the intro to one of our shows before. Really? Hmm. I think I so. Think, By the I way, think we would have sh- talked about it. Yeah, I think we would have too. I don't remember that. We could talk about um, it right now. <laughs> well, I I was gonna say Shamrock's sister is cute. I I don't well. know if she's like a. I don't know if she's a plant or if she's well, really his sister, but I can what? tell you. Uh, so she is not his sister. Uh, Bruce Pritchard, they were the, the first night she made her on screen debut on a Raw when she was in the crowd in Billy Moonzer. Uh, they were in Houston, Texas. So Pritchard's a Houston guy. They asked him to find a girl. So he called a DJ he knows at a strip club. And she was not a stripper. Uh, he was also, of course, as most DJs in strip clubs are, he was also in a band. Uh, and someone in his <laughs> band, it was their girlfriend. So, man, life is cool. wild. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Any given day. <laughs> One day, yeah. you're the girlfriend of some guy who's in a band with a DJ at a strip club. And the next thing, you're fucking Ryan Shamrock. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, you know, keep dating that guy in that band because <laughs> well, it might pan out. According to Lore, she was also fucking Ken Shamrock. Oh, was she? They were kissing cousins or whatever, I guess. Uh, step stepbrother and sister. Oh, right. Legally, like Super Smash Brothers. Yes. They were Super Smash Brothers, all right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I also, I thought the match was super low energy. Um, I mean, I do kind of like the storyline of just everyone wants to fuck Ken Shamrock's sister and he's a crazy person. <laughs> Honestly, when you put it like that, that does sound really funny. Help, I've got just, you, this, just this crazy fuckable sister. I don't know what to do. Do you, do you think when she climaxes, she screams like Ken Shamrock? She just she has one eye pop a little bit, and she goes like, <laughs> Like the teacher from Daria? <laughs> Still haven't watched it. God yeah, damn it. She slept in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um. Yeah, I don't have much yeah, this, else for this. It was boring. Oh, I, it, yeah. Valvinas comes out. I was like, why? And then Michael Cole told me why. So I was like, okay, I'm done. Oh, um, there is one thing. Um, them selling that Billy Gunn has never tapped out, as though that's a thing that we should know or care about. And also, like, I'm pretty sure that's like provably false. Like, I'm pretty sure we saw him, like, tap out as, like, a fucking smoking gun or something. Surely. Yeah, like yeah. like a Godwin made him tap out, and then he yeah. put a slop on him. Yeah. <laughs> he would, he would like, take a bump, and he would flip three times. You're telling me he's never tap, tapped out? He fucking probably tapped out to a body Donna. Truly. <laughs> Billy, first of all, Billy Gunn can't run a six-minute mile or whatever with his asthma. I mean, like, <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? But you know what? He can lift a subway uh, grate on his own. Bless him. But either way. But what? No. Well, oh, one question. Uh, does Billy Gunn have a finisher? Huh. 
Well, he he's starting to he uses it here actually. It's that you asked that like he uses it. It's called the Fame Asser, and it's uh, a take on the rocker dropper that Marta Janetti used to do. It's kind of like the person your opponent is standing and bent over at like a ninety degree angle. Uh, the other person runs up and kind of like does like a jumping leg drop to the back of their head. It's almost like the stomp like a and the leg drop. No. It's more like a leg drop, like Seth Rollins, the stomp, except it's a leg drop and the person is standing a little taller instead of laying on the ground so much. All right. Yeah, I can picture it. That's it. That, but he uses it here only gets a two count because it's not quite his finisher yet. Yeah. Got it. So what happens here is um, Shamrock puts on the ankle lock, Billy taps out, and we can move on. Yeah, we absolutely can. Great. So we go backstage where Vince is in a black crew neck sweater getting psyched up. It just reminds yep. me of this whole time of like, I feel like, I feel like I'm watching Rain Man. What? Go, go on, elaborate, please. I don't know. He's just kind of like zoned out. There was something, I don't know. It's, it's in my notes and now I honestly can't remember why I said it. But, uh, <laughs> but in, my, in, in my head though, I feel like he's wearing like a sweatshirt that it reminds me of like a very Rain Man outfit, like a, like a gray sweatshirt and gray sweat, like, gray sweatpants with like, the elastic at the ends of everything and he's like repeating something over and over again like i'm gonna get him right get him yeah got I feel it. Like it was like i remember like, that was the scene and i was got like it, it Man? okay okay right okay that's i think i have like a, a memory of this gotta watch, gotta watch wapner gotta watch wapner yeah gotta go. definitely Can definitely gonna win the rumble I was like, being a, a roided out billionaire and having your son just yelling uh, platitudes at you to psych you up before you have to go out in front of a crowd like that. Oh, boy. I, I imagine it every day, <laughs> usually in the shower. In fact, I can't imagine anything minutes. else. <laughs> it's part of my close friends uh, Instagram <laughs> group. And then we go on uh, to the European yeah. Championship. Gangrel versus X-Pac. And before I could make the joke about how uh, Gangrel would be the Transylvanian champion, Jerry Lawler did it for me, and I felt shame. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I, shame. I'm ringing a bell. Shame. Yes. Yes. Well, you should walk through the, the public square naked, but wear a mask because you still should be protected. Um, oh, did you, I don't know if you guys saw there was a sign that said Gangrel fears Count Chocula. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it got me, man. I was tickled. This was, I, you know what? I was like getting into this. Both these guys are really good. And I mean, like they're both, they're, I understand why you look at the two of them and you're like, I don't want to like you guys. Like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to root for either of you, but they're both really good. And their characters, while cheesy, maybe, and X-Pac is annoying, I think, uh, they're pretty like well-defined and these guys, I think can both work. So uh, I think this match actually could have been better. Um, if they like made it, it was very short and I, and the, they kind of, there was the botch at the end with the ref, but, uh, I, I, this is, I came close to, to enjoying, this is the, the match besides the one we'll talk about later that I came the closest to enjoying. Yeah, it was extremely short. I felt like I blinked and it was over. Yep. I got nothing else uh, to say about this, but basically there's one part that the only thing that's really notable is, uh, 
X-Pac comes off the top at one point, Gangrel catches him, and there's like a roll-through thing, and it should have been a near count, but for some reason, the referee just literally counted three times. Everyone was like, what? Like, and then the refs were like, wait, what? And the audience was chanting, you fucked up. And then they did a replay, and I was like, what is that? Like, even the people in the truck were like, what? Like, everyone just... <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember this. <laughs> it was like a very weird thing, and like, everyone stayed in that moment for like a much longer time than they should have. They replayed you know, it. It was so weird. Comes... Everyone like, in the front I feel like... row has their three fingers. <laughs> <laughs> no, you go first. Thanks. <laughs> it's like uh, usually you think there's a fuck up like that. They they wouldn't show it again, even in a live broadcast. They would like don't cut back to that, don't replay that clip. But they just kept replaying it. It was very weird. And the uh, honestly, by match by match three, it was like the it was like the most compelling thing. On, on, it was. I, I agree. Xbox hits the X factor. It's over. Yeah. Bye. Next up. Uh, next, we go backstage to Degeneration X, and the only thing I have written about this, Road Dog grabs the mic and says, "Have you ever seen a fight in the Armstrong House?" And I have no idea. No what idea that what means. that means. No idea. I okay. mean, this is not. I don't think if you have the knowledge, it makes it that much better. But I will tell you that the knowledge is he comes from a wrestling family, and I think the Armstrong brothers are all a, they're all in the business. Uh, he was the most successful, I think. I mean, I'm sure there was like generations before him where it was like, great mob, cowboy, Armstrong or whatever. Uh, but but there's no uh, way for us to even know that his name is Armstrong. Uh, there, yeah, I, his name is Jesse James. Uh, was he ever, I think, he was he ever Jesse Armstrong before? I'm trying to think when he debuted before he was Road Dog, uh, when he was the roadie. If he was Jesse Armstrong or Jesse James back then either. But whatever. I'm, again, it's not great, but that's the context you're missing. In my head, I'm going, was Lance Armstrong a thing at this time? Is Stretch Armstrong? Is that what he's talking about? Yes, him. Definitely yes, Stretch Armstrong. Him and Astronaut and, and Stretch Armstrong got in fights all the time. And that's the lesson we should all take away from this. Uh, is it, isn't, um, isn't Jesse Armstrong like one of like the lead singer from Rancid? Believe it or not, uh, that's a fact I could not tell you. The lead singer of Rancid is Tim. Isn't Hold it Tim on. something? It's Tim Armstrong, maybe. Yeah, I think there's an. I did that. This is this, this sounding from this is coming together. Billy Joe Armstrong. Have you ever jammed? Green Day. Yes. Have you ever jammed with the Armstrong family? <laughs> Guys, I'm just going to pitch it right now. Armstrong House. You get Jesse James in there. You get Lance Armstrong. You get, uh, who's the astronaut? Stretch Armstrong. Stretch, Stretch Armstrong. Armstrong. Neil. Neil Stretch. Armstrong. Yeah. Get them all in a house and just see what happens. Back when we could be yeah, in houses and, and, together again. And they all have substance abuse issues. <laughs> and Dr. Drew is there. Sure. Why not? Uh, no, that guy sucks. Uh, by the way, I noted in this promo that X-Pac had no shot at even making that promo. He, like, tried to lean in, and they were just like, nope, nope, you're done. So then uh, we go to Shane McMahon, who um, announces that because of Sable's chronic back injury, she must relinquish the title. So, um, Shane likes Luna because he's evil. And then Sable comes in doing her worst, like, community theater old person <laughs> hand on the back, ow my back move. Yeah, it was like, arms, arms for the poor, arms. 
You look at her face, and I can't tell if she's wincing or if that's just the sable face. Man. Oof. But it's Sable versus Luna for the um, for the women's championship. Sable says, ring the bell. Uh, it is a strap match where they must touch the four corners. Um, it was dumb, but I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't really understand it because I, I, mean, I, I didn't watch all the Raw segments and certainly not the ones that included the oddities. So I don't really know what happened to Luna in all of this. I don't really get this character, this outfit, what's happening, why she's here, why she's with Shane, any of that. I have a feeling it doesn't fucking matter uh, and it's not going to matter. And what, what's really important is the finish of this match. Uh, so I don't want to dwell on it too much. We do not have to. Um, I'm I'm trying to go through my, my notes real quick, but I think that she just kind of turned her back on the uh, on the oddities again, just for reasons. I think uh, I, if I honestly pulling from my actual literal memory, I think I want to say maybe like was because was Sable and the uh, Sable was getting in with the oddities, right? Right. And maybe was it like Luna got jealous kind of, you know, you know how wrestling, you know how people write wrestling where they're like, well, they're both women. And so obviously one will eventually get jealous of the other. <laughs> It's just a matter of time, boys. Um, so I feel like it was that. Actually, you know what, Bobby? I'm, I'm there in my notes. It turns out that that was even before this run of Raws. Um, Sable fights the Spider Lady, which was just cool. a lady in black with, with a mask on. And then it turns out that it's Luna. Luna fights Gilberg and Luna wins. And then we see the return of the Sable fan jumping in the ring again. And then Sable comes out during China's match and is again attacked by Luna. So the spider lady or the spider woman or whatever, that's also like a famous callback. Uh, Mula, I believe fa- the most famous instance, I don't think it's the first, but it's the most famous one was when they stole the title off of when Mula stole the title off of Wendy Richter, I want to say. Uh, well, at, at some point, uh, it was a screw job. There was, it was like an older, it was a, it was another, another version of a screw job, but Mula was under the spider mask and it wasn't supposed to be Mula. And it really was like one of those. And we've seen the same angle play out. Like I think Kurt Angle was like dressed in like a morph suit once where he like got into the Royal Rumble, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. spider lady was kind of part of that, which is why of course it ends up being Luna. Cause it's always like, it ends up being someone. Sure. Yeah. Anytime that they like make a big deal out of the, this mask job or it's going to be somebody. Yeah. But this strap, I mean, there, this is a sort of a trope in strap matches too. I feel like where it's like one's touching, you know, one's got the, the heels got the face beat and the heels run in the corners and gets the first three, but unbeknownst to them, the face is hitting them behind them. And then they get to the last one and fight it out. And the, you know, the face, you know, outsmarts them because they didn't realize the whole time they were touching them as well. Even though like it's excruciating to watch the two of them struggle around the ring and somehow position their bodies so that it looks like anyhow, in some yeah. remotely convincing way, Sable could somehow maneuver her body to hit the turnbuckle and Luna would not notice. To even like the dumbest, most belief suspended person you could find. It's also that weird, um, that weird logic that kind of uh, goes along with whatever you want the rules to be um, because usually it's supposed to be like four uninterrupted so what's an uninterrupted touching the four corners if the other person is touching the four corners too agreed yeah I was wondering about that too yeah I was like uh, it sounds like they just want to you know it just makes it easier for them to have uh, a quote unquote swervy finish even though it's like okay we get it oh uh, it looked like Sable was wearing ski boots. 
<laughs> okay. That's it. And I liked I liked Luna's ring gear. Me too. It was very uh, like um it was very like uh not final boss but like a sub boss on Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, uh I like that Oh, you're uh, the Red Michael Lady Cole... Ninja? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. I I like how Michael Cole at one point goes of course you use your lower back when pulling. And I'm like, you use your lower back for literally everything, right? <laughs> like, You don't have to spell it out too much for us. Or at least there's got to be a better way to spell it out than like, oh, she's pulling. So this is going to employ her lower back where she actually just heard it earlier. Well, I hate I hate to uh, spoil things for you, Marks, but uh, keep an eye on this crazed fan. I think she's going to be sticking around. Something tells me she may have some more professional training than than meets the eye. <laughs> so I was wondering, is it Beth Phoenix? No. No. We're, um, we're a ways we'll let her. you. We'll let you meet her when the time comes. But I I actually really like this performer, and I'm surprised she didn't have a bigger. Uh, actually, you know what? I I think she. I'm trying to remember everything because, but she was, she's really good both as a worker. And I think she's one of the most beautiful women that's been in the WWE. Wait, was it Steve Blackman? <laughs> Another fan comes out. Yeah. They've played this one before too. They got their, love their tropes. All right. But now we're going to get to something that it's actually worth talking about, right? Yep. The Fantastic. thing that's worth talking about. After we've the spent rock- 43 minutes talking about something. <laughs> About yeah, a bunch of things shit. not worth talking about. The Rock versus Mankind in an I Quit match. I mean, this I see, this is one of the most famous matches of all time. And there's a lot going on. And and I remember, I think we, I think a couple episodes ago, Bobby, I think you may have said something about how we were going to eat our words about an I Quit match in the near future. It was, was me. That this one, and that was this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is an insane, insane it's, match nobody it's nobody likes this i mean like it's incredible but nobody likes this match literally nobody likes it it's hard to watch i find i found it literally difficult to watch like physically difficult to not turn away from the screen and wince um that's how that's how violent and visceral this match gets uh this is also uh folks who have seen beyond the mat the documentary this is heavily featured in that both before the match after the match i mean it's truly you guys have to see it uh we might do a bonus episode about it so i I won't send around the clip just yet but i mean like foley's kids are in the crowd it's it is it is unflinching uh but i think really interesting and important to watch uh is it gonna is it gonna spoil anything for me? No, beyond the mat because it would have been up to this point. You know what I mean? This 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 is the most recent thing beyond the mat. Uh, I think I want to say this was like the last thing beyond the mat caught. So okay. at this point, you can watch beyond the mat because actually, fun fact, history coming out here. Uh, originally, Vince let them film because they said it wasn't going to be a theatrical release. It was just going to be for festival release. Uh, and then they changed their mind and they were like, no, we want it to be a theatrical release. And Vince was like, well, you can't fucking film anymore. And it was before this match. And the director was like, you have to let us film this. Like it all comes to this. Like, this is the big finale payoff that we've been investing in the story and whatever. And he's like, no. And the director was like, listen, I'm going to come with my camera and you're either going to let me into finish it to film this, or I'm going to film you not letting me finish filming this. Uh, and that, and then it got finished. So that's a little, that's a little piece of history that I, I, I learned on the internet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
I like this match, uh, Bobby. No, I you, you shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, okay. like, I, I feel like the, you know, even hearing people talk about it, and I mean, and I've gone back now, and I've, you know, because I've watched me on the mat, and I read the excerpts from Mick Foley's book, and uh, listened to the Pritchard podcast, and about it, like, guy, everyone who looks back on this has regrets. Like, everyone looks back at this, and they're like, this is bad, and we should not have done it, and we did not think what was happening was happening like while it was happening and immediately we're like n- at no point did they think it was good and had they had the things in place that they have today like uh earpieces on the refs and stuff like that they probably would have stopped the match uh but it got out of hand and like nobody nobody knew what they were doing uh i don't think anybody, nobody realized how violent it was going to be it, it exceeded internal expectations in that way so and wait I so what like... happened so it depends can on you who kind, you can you kind of like go through the, match uh, the Rock bit? and Mankind are having a very violent match. Let's, right. you know, the, let's, you know, they're on ladders, they're going through tables, they're going through uh, equipment with sparks and stuff. But the important thing is towards, I would say, the last third of the match, maybe the last quarter of the match, uh, The Rock puts Mankind in handcuffs, handcuffed mm-hmm. behind his back, and just hits the ever-loving fucking shit out of him with a chair. I mean... Mick Foley says it's the the worst chair shots he's ever had in his entire life. That there there was no this was the worst he's ever and he's gotten hit by a lot of fucking chairs and nothing was worse than this, um, nothing even close. The Rock was hitting the shit out of him with it. Now, it's hard to figure out exactly what happened. There it seems like there are some people who believe that The Rock was hot shit and was just like going overboard, um, like two in the moment and and just got carried away. Uh, and it's hard though because Mick remembers almost nothing from this. So he can't tell you what happened or why they were only supposed to do five chair shots or why they ended up doing like 19 or whatever the fuck ended up happening where it just felt like forever. But it was only supposed to be some and then they ended up doing so many more. Uh, And it could be, you know, the silent kind of communications they do. And if Mick is getting you saw him get up from that first chair shot really fast, that's like part of him, like not selling the first one, like come at me is all you got part of the sell and rock response to that but did Mick mean it or did Mick know and was he in the right state of mind to even make the decision if he can take more at any point in this sure so there's just like a lot of like communication issues that come out through it and at one point when he goes up the ramp for the finish uh he was supposed to turn and that was supposed to signal the rock to go to the finish but for some reason it just didn't click and the rock didn't pick up on the queue it went like ran around him and hit him clocked him in the head again I mean like bad bad uh. bad bad and like mick said he, he didn't realize he think he thought he thought he like underestimated just how much having the handcuffs would impact his ability to take a hair shot a chair shot uh-huh. the way he can sort of like position his body for the impact the way he can sort of fall with it um to lessen the 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 hit but and the rock is a huge guy who is so strong um mm-hmm. and was just like whacking a fucking chair at this guy's head like try like essentially trying to kill him Okay. I mean, it's horrible to watch. It's just, it's, I just felt like it was, uh, that it was unwatchable. I mean, it was a great, the story they're telling in the match is incredible. And of course the way that Mick Foley yeah. does everything, but you know, we hear the stories all the time of like, the guy who'll do anything for the crowd, you know? And of course he always, it's like a tragic end. And this time he wasn't a tragic end, but he went too far. Like by any objective measure, by decency standards, by what his family was comfortable with, what the other people who work with him were comfortable with, like he went too far. Was there any kind of like dressing down of the rock after this or, or any no, kind of like backstage or anything? 
it's interesting because like Mick says even I think in his book or has said afterwards that there was heat between them because Rock didn't check on him afterwards. But I feel like in Beyond the Mat you see him check on him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a lot of it's like, Mick, you just don't remember. Like, you Mm -hmm. don't remember that night. (laughs) Uh, But they definitely are fine now. They definitely are. And I think there was a story where they did a recut of the movie and with, like, new commentary. And on the commentary, Mick really shit on the – like, really shit on him. Like, they weren't cool and was, like, you know, kind of, like, threw him under the bus. And I guess he was recording it with another wrestler. I forget who now off the top of my head. Uh, and the other guy was like, uh, you were kind of hard on the rock there. And then I think Mick was like, oh shit, was I? And they watched it and called them and apologized and they mended fences or whatever. Okay. Um, but the matches, I mean, the story is incredible. The story is incredible. And, and, and what they, what Mick Foley puts himself through to tell the story is incredible, but it, it's not admirable. I don't think. I think this one, it's, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like going into the match, I was like hyped. I was super hyped for this match. Um, there was, I mean, there was an amazing recap. Like the both of them were at the top of their game on the mic uh, in the during the recaps that I saw. Like you know, like when they were going through all the things that they said. Uh, at one point, The Rock says Ho Chi Minh Chow, which wow, uh, that's <laughs> a fucked up thing to say. <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, Rock gives a really a, a great promo. And then what I loved about the match up until that one point um, was the way that they were, like, on the mic during the match, mo- like, a lot of the time. And it was, like, just this, like, it felt cinematic the way that they were kind of, like, trading these barbs at each other as they're beating the shit out of each other and and like they're like come on like are you say you quit say you quit you asshole and like i quit your mother and you know what i mean like and they're just going at it and like and and like and everything they're saying is like is like fun and it's and it like it totally got a rise out of me it was awesome and you know even the even when they you know when they climb the ladder and and uh Mick takes that takes uh that bump into the onto the the I don't know the electrical the equipment, equipment and yeah and like the lights go out and I'm like holy shit like this is insane and then the handcuffs come and the handcuffs it, like I watched um listen to your heart that new bachelor uh series where it's all people who are like they're like it's like men and women in the bachelor uh mansion and they're all musicians and they're all trying to find love, but they're also trying to like write music together. It's basically, they literally started the episode by going, we here at the bachelor are big fans of a star is born. And they, that's not the first time they even <laughs> mentioned a star is born in the episode. I think I cringed more watching this than I did watching listen to your heart. And Holy shit. Did I almost go through my couch watching listen to your heart? <laughs> like, the levels of like what I could, you know, like in one case it was, you know, just full on just the worst people being the worst. And in the other case, I was just like, I don't want to see this man that I've grown to love uh, just literally just taking a beating and, and like getting permanent damage. So here's the thing. Sometimes we watch these and we see chair shots and we see violence that we don't see anymore. 
And I feel like personally, and I'm, I'm going to be vulnerable here, so save space, guys, because I don't know how this is going to come out of my mouth. What I'm saying is intellectually, we know that chair shots cause this damage and we have told ourselves they are bad and that they are they're under no they are there's no justification for doing it and no one's health is worth uh the entertainment value of it however <laughs> when you watch it it's easy to kind of get swept up in the excitement of it and think it looks kind of cool i don't think we should doesn't mean i think we should do it but in general with some of the more hardcore stuff i do miss it a little bit sometimes and when AEW does it i pop a little bit but uh, i do i i agree that safety safety first However, watching this uh, was like, oh, I didn't need to intellectually think about this. I you there was no it was so obvious the damage and how the danger. Whereas when you see like a regular chair shot in the context of a match, even a headshot like we've seen with The Rock and Ken Shamrock, you know, a few episodes back, even that still felt like controlled. This felt like danger. This literally felt like you were watching someone on the street hitting someone in the head with a metal baseball bat. Like that's that's what it felt like. This this was like the equivalent of your dad catching you smoking a cigarette and then making you like smoke the whole pack. Yeah, yeah. It's like I can't. Okay, you're right. I never want to see a chair shot again. It <laughs> probably is, I do, but it is bad. This, but that's a bit like not like never. This it's uh, there was nothing about this that I found. Like if they said there was a safe way to take a, a, a chair shot, no damage, everyone gets away scot-free, and they look exactly like the ones that Shamrock and The Rock did a few weeks ago. I'd be like, cool, bring back chair shots. But they're like, listen, yeah. we found a way to do chair shots where it, it doesn't, nobody gets hurt, there's no damage to the performers, it's 100% safe, but it looks like the time The Rock did it to Mick Foley, I'd be like, no thank you. No thank you, it's fine. We don't. You know what? We're good without it. I yeah, think that's what I um, want to say. Yeah, it, it it's like uh like an Eli Roth movie where you're like, "Ah, I don't I don't want any of this. Like this is too much gore." Yes, exactly. Like there's uh, I I just think with with this this was particularly gruesome. But the rest of the match was beautiful. Um but it it's just and that's so when, interesting. when I said I like this match, that I, I just want to I do not want to see McFoley get beaten with a chair. I think no, like the I, psychology very early on, the the Iron Man portion of McFoley, the you're gonna have to kill me, I think was was a fucking badass line from a badass dude doing badass things. I don't want to see McFoley hurt. And and the fact that I know that McFoley didn't McFoley is still alive, and I'm thankful for that every single time I watch one of these matches. Indeed. Hey Aaron, did, did Aaron did this match have enough blackface for you, or? <laughs> uh, um. By the way, on on a lighter note, a couple things I want to point out. Uh, is Doc Hendricks ordained? Because he looked like he was dressed like a priest. I don't know Doc Hendricks. All I know about Doc Hendricks is that uh, two things. One, he was responsible for getting the Hardy Boys into the right gimmick, which I think we're very close to coming upon. Uh, and the second thing is uh, he was in the Fabulous Freebirds, which is not a wrestling reference. I know. I, I mean, I just like, I know that to be true, but I've never seen them wrestle. And I, and I know they're just kind of like fancy boys with blonde mullets. Uh, sure. But I don't know anything else about it. But I also, he's, it's a weird ass dude. He's just like a weird ass kind of like a weird ass kind of Boomhauer Guy Fieri kind of guy. Yeah. He, like he had that weird, like, um, it was like a Mao collar or something. I'm not sure what was going on. Oh my on God. There. He's Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I was property on Tiger King, Doc, I was like, who does he look like? Property of Doc Hendricks. I, I was like, he looks like, 
I'm like something about Joe Exotic. I'm like reminds me about of someone I I know from like some other piece of pop culture ephemera, and it's Doc Hendricks. That's who I was thinking of the whole time. I was like, he reminds me of someone, and it was Doc Hendricks. Ha. Also, um, I, I noticed that Mankind has new music, and it sounds like I Hate Everything About You by Ugly Kid Joe. Yes. Oh, my yes, God. I love an Ugly Kid Joe reference. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, whoa. I, I used to love that song and that video. <laughs> I so had the cassette stupid. tape. Uh, I probably had that, too. I had the single of his cover of Cats in the Cradle. <laughs> what a weird-ass dude. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on with Ugly Kid Joe? Um, also, okay, so he's not ugly the, anymore. He's just yeah, and he's actually just Joe. He's moderately he's, do, he's doing great. He's moderately moderately attractive adult Joe, Joseph. Yeah. Mo- uh, so I, one of the things that I like had trouble with was like I mean. But the chair shots were insane and it was terrible. We talked about that, but also like, and I, you know, now that Bobby has explained just how bad it really was in real life, um, I had trouble. I, I think I got like worked by the ending because when, when uh, rock had the, had the microphone in front of him and I, and you hear like, I quit, I quit, I quit. I was like, part of me was like, no, Foley doesn't ever quit. There must have been some kind of pre-recording of him saying I quit that like The Rock worked into, you know, the AV system or something. Is that I don't know if that tracks with anybody. That tracks. I don't know. We'll have to tune it. We'll have to tune in on Rod tomorrow to find out. <laughs> oh boy. It, Cuz it sounded like it was piped in. That's what I was like there's I was like, look, you know, I know I like I I just can't imagine that they would actually end it with being like, nope, actually, Mankind did quit. He did have enough. And everyone in the audience was thinking the exact same thing that you were thinking, Eric. So that was, it did its job. Yeah, yeah. Should we go to the Rumble match? God. (laughs) Fine. Jesus Christ. First of all, the the fact that, like, was it? Oh, the, the fact that Austin shows up to the Rumble in a fucking uh, monster truck. Bleh. Boo. It's literally all of the, the most bullshit things that I wasn't into when I was younger and still I'm not into. Like, nothing about monster trucks ever, like, got to me. Yeah, I feel like this is when I started to turn on Austin. And all these times over all these months where I've been like, you know, I really wasn't into Austin at the time and I really feel like now I'm appreciating it. And now I'm watching it and I'm like... I think I'm turning on Austin again. <laughs> it's just so much. And I, I think I think what it was, I saw like one, you know, doughy Anaheim boy with his arms up in the stone cold pose. And he had written, <coughs> he had written down his arms, stone cold, one on the left, one on the right. And I was like, that's like the amount of effort you put into doing that. You could have put any effort into thinking of it. Ugh. I feel like Stone Cold is going the route of like Lobo from DC where it was just like it's just saturation saturation parody parody just like it's too much yeah I tend to agree I, eh, I was fine with it big car run over little cars that's what happens when you turn away Austin and say that he has to uh, it, that only limos are allowed in there LOL, only my That's nose. not even a rule. That's definitely not even a rule. Well, but you, you also need to 
realized that Vince McMahon said that in order to keep Austin out of there. So did Austin like like go in the yellow pages and look up like limo monster trucks? Like how the fuck did he even find that shit? Did they make it? Was it an A team thing? <laughs> yeah, that they, they uh, were constructing it as soon to his specifications as soon as he got there. You got to jack it up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Everyone's got their uh, welding mask on. <laughs> then they, he's mounting a, a machine gun to the top that he's not going to hit anybody with. Uh, it's dumb. It, it's definitely dumb, but it's three minutes of television. So I don't know. It didn't. It, it, it wasn't the kind of thing where I like needed to sit and be like, uh, okay, Austin. It got him where he needed to be. And that was in the arena. And it right. also kept him out of the arena for the pre-show so that um, things could happen at that point. All right. You ready for the first five? We're ready. Well, first, Let's wait, see. we've got, we got to, yeah, we got to got to take our, our time with the first two a little bit though. So first in is Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's number one with, because um, Vince and Shane put apparently all the numbers into a bingo roller and pulled out that number one for him. Um, Vince has also put a $100,000 bounty on Stone Cold's head. And Vince McMahon has entered himself into the Royal Rumble at number 30. Now, HBK on his way out is still the commissioner, um, says that Vince will not be going in at number 30, will instead be going in at number two. So he needs to face off against Austin at the start. Great. I mean, this is the story of this whole rumble. I mean, like, we literally pretty much could only talk about this and still be pretty covered. Mm-hmm. Even the little other story highlights throughout are so small and so tiny. I think this is one of the worst rumbles I've ever seen. It's so bad. And, like, we'll we'll get to the, the you know, the different check-in points. But uh, it's really just, like, it. I've never seen a rumble get so... Uh, overtaken by like one like really shitty story honestly <laughs> especially with, with coming off of this year we had brock lesnar overtake the rumble for the first 15 entrances and it was great and it was compelling because it kept us in the ring and it was showing us something brand new this was giving us great matchups i mean they, yeah. they they had keith lee come out i mean that was awesome so number three uh, when, in is... Oh, I want to say when McMahon comes out, he looks uh, really weird and horny. This looks like it's like... I feel like Vince is like coming in his pants the whole time thinking that he's going to get his ass kicked by, uh, <laughs> by, by Austin. He's just like so ready for it. And this isn't even the most ripped we'll see Vince McMahon. Not even close. Oh my God. It's very weird. All right, number three. Number three is Golga. Um, But once Golga comes in, that's when McMahon heads off for the crowd and Austin follows him. And that's when the corporation is waiting for Austin in the ladies' room. Okay. Yep. Okay, nothing about that. Okay. Yep. All right, so uh, rounding out the first five, we had Draws and we had Edge. Edge looks great. It just, at one point of the commentary said, I think it's later in the match, though, but it's not important. At one point, they go, so-and-so's taking on so-and-so, so-and-so's got a so-and-so over the top rope, and Edge is resting in the corner. And I was like, what? And he wasn't like, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. he wasn't resting like how they usually do, where he's like laying against the bottom turnbuckle. He was just 
standing, not touching anything in the corner, like fully, like he was like a like a like a cardboard cutout of Edge, just standing in the corner of the of the ring. And they're like, "An Edge is resting." <laughs> yeah, they talked. They talked about it like it was like strategy, like yeah. like oh, that's a pretty good idea, I guess. Yeah, not the fact that no one bothered to book the rumble. They. <laughs> By the way, uh, I like how they talk about how Edge is Edge has his inner rage, but they talk about it when Edge is yelling, and I'm like, you know, it's actually outer rage <laughs> at this point. Like inner rage is when you keep it in. Draw still gets to do the LOD shtick. I don't after know, everything man. that's happened. What'd you say, Bobby? I don't know, man. With Draw at this point, that's I mean, what a jobber rumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, all the way. Golga I mean, then draws. Yep. And then number six. Oh, right. We're so we did uh, all through five. Oh, you already moved to six through ten. Uh, yeah. Oh wait, no. But first, uh, um, during uh, the bathroom attack on Austin, King says, "What do you think Bossman is gonna do with that nightstick?" I don't know, King. What do you think he's gonna do with it? Hit, probably hit him with it. I I was wondering if that was like a um a sodomy uh reference. I was wondering that too, but would the king be pro sodomy? I think he I think King likes to make a lot of like uh, it, uh don't drop the soap in jail jokes, you know? Definitely, but he's so. also on the side of the corporation and so on the side of boss man. Yeah, so I'm saying, like the idea when you say "don't drop the soap" about somebody going to jail, it means that like you're, uh, you're getting joy. It's Schadenfreude, right? You're getting joy at the fact that this guy is going to get potentially raped. Mm. So I think he's getting. I think he's like, uh, uh, reveling in the idea of of Austin being, you know, abused. Okay. Yeah, it's just usually when I think about that kind of reference, it's it's some kind of like um, amorphous other who who exists within the prison system and not the person that is being cheered on by by the king in this. Not worth this much uh, analysis, probably. But then, who's number six, Eric? Gilberg. <laughs> oh my god! First of all, it's really funny because um, this is one of those times where my brain did a lot of like instant math mm-hmm. uh, because I, so, you know, probably a couple years ago, I, I, I heard about Goldberg and then I heard about Gilberg as the WWF, you know, as their like parody of Goldberg. And so I was like, I was like, Oh, that's hilarious. And you know, you have Gilberg, this guy who comes out and he winces whenever the, the fireworks go off and he gets confused in the smoke. And I'm like, that's a very funny, it's pretty funny. And then I was like, wait a minute, Gilbert looks really familiar. And I realized I'm like, Oh my God, that's Dwayne Gill who we are. We actually saw before. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And he's currently Uh, the light heavyweight champion, which is, and will be for quite a while. The whole thing is very funny. It's, I mean, the, the fact that he gets like he gets like lost when they when they shoot smoke at him and they have the little what, what is it sparklers. the little sparklers it's ah! great <laughs> it's it's such a good bit it's one of the best bits they've done Gilberg is better than all the DX parodies true yes but not enough blackface for Aaron oh my it's God. Okay. of course 
Oh my god. Uh, Coming up next, number seven, Steve Blackface. I mean Blackman. Uh, <laughs> all right. This is we've got we got we got a bunch of jobbers coming through now. We got Blackman, we got Dan Severn. Uh, Tiger Ali Singh. Tiger Ali Singh. And by the way, the, even the camera is not excited about this because instead we get to follow Austin on a stretcher going to the hospital. Oh my God. Don't forget the. Let's just keep them coming. Blue Meanie, Mosh, Who Even Cares? Road Dog is next at 12. Oh, wait, Jesus. wait, 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 wait. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Bobby, Bobby. Mosh wasn't there. Slow down, slow Sorry, down, slow down a little bit Sorry. because I do need to say this is the last appearance of Dan Severin in the oh, w- God. WF. Oh. Sorry, that's not. I'm not trying to sync up. I'm just clapping for. That's a wrap <laughs> and, on Dan. And he's the in one, the middle of a dumb two, fucking. The... He's in the middle of a dumb fucking feud with uh, Steve Blackman, um, and initially WWF wanted him to get six 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 tattooed on his forehead, and join up <laughs> with um, Austin's ministry or uh, Undertaker's ministry, and uh, said uh-huh. he was like, "Nah, I'm just gonna go now." That's amazing. Good for him. This is also uh, the final pay-per-view appearance of the Oddities. So goodbye to Golga and later on Kurgan. Uh, by the way, so uh, the Blue Meanie was part of the job the job squad, right? And coming from ECW, uh, yeah, he looked awful. Yeah, um, he's just he's just then... an unfortunate-looking individual altogether. And then we don't yeah. have Mosh because right, 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 Mabel right. takes him out backstage. And Mabel Correct. has oh, been it was, around... it was supposed to be Mosh? Yeah, it was okay, supposed to be I Mosh. I wasn't sure. Um, and Mabel's been around the WWF for a while at this point. Um, his, well, the King of the was, Ring. Yeah, he was... Well, I'm just saying, even in history, uh, there was a point where I want to say Mabel was like the number one heel of the WWF. Yeah, Am he won the up? King of the Ring. Yeah, say he won again? the King of the Ring. And I, oh, okay. I, no, I yeah. thought you were talking about Last King of the Ring. They brought him in for a little bit to kind of oh, no, no, uh, they I'm had saying, that match. No, actually, I, I was saying that uh, before that, he had won the King of the Ring tournament before. He was right. King Mabel for a while. Mm-hmm. So he was like a top guy. Yeah, I don't I don't remember him in in uh, any of our uh, pay-per-views. No, well, it's it was on once. my first time seeing him. He, oh. he did a one-off on Raw. Um, leading up to this, or sorry, it was after the last King of the Ring. He did a one-off on Raw where he and Triple H and um, Ken Shamrock had a match that was kind of like, who's the real King of the Ring, uh, which was pretty good. And then earlier that evening, Vince McMahon brought him in to have a match against Mankind to soften him up for his match against The Rock. Okay. He looks like he's made out of like two and a half Baron Corbins. Yeah, he's a big. He is a big boy. Like he's huge. Like they took his vest and they made all of Baron Corbin's vest out of it. So he comes in. He eliminates Dan Severn, Steve Blackman, draws, and the meanie. And uh, then Road Dog comes out. Mm-hmm. Number twelve. So Road Dog comes out and eliminates Edge. And then what happens? Uh, the Undertaker's minions or acolytes or whatever come out and grab Mabel. Yeah. All those words are right. <laughs> <laughs> so Bradshaw and Farouk, uh, are the acolytes and formerly, 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 uh, Phineas Godwin is now a character called Midian 
M-I-D-I-A-N, I think, or M-I-D-E-O-N. E-O-N. Yeah. I, it, it's, I feel like, I'm like this is not a real word. Uh, or if it's like a, it's not a common word, it's like an old Latin word or something. Midian, um, actually, did, has anyone ever seen Nightbreed? Nope. No. It's um based on a Clive Barker story. It's actually like it sounds really like cool. it's based on an autocorrect, on an autofill <laughs> sentence. <laughs> like uh, um, type this. It's this. It's the title of your of your of your scary book. It's like the night that night breed. I um I I really like that movie. I think the the production design on it is really dope, and it's got a really cool mythology. And all the monsters in it live in a town called Midian. Great. Okay. Is it a movie or is it a TV show? It's a movie. Okay. I would love for them to make a TV show out of that. That'd be dope. Uh, well, look, look, there's no TV anymore. We could just make it. <laughs> David Cronenberg's in it, too. Ooh. Oh, some of this is starting to sound familiar. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. I just know all of David Cronenberg's work. So The Undertaker comes out. He does the whole eyes in the back of the head, and then... uh. Then Mabel is hypnotized, we guess. Maybe. But then they still start beating Sorry. him up. <laughs> Very weird. Uh, and but, it seems like... But it's cool. And then they, like, get a hearse full of Mabel, and maybe, I don't know, Mabel, maybe Mabel becomes an acolyte? I don't know. There's spitball in here. No way. I, I don't know. I, 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 I didn't read the Wikipedia or anything. <laughs> I know. Is that what happens? <laughs> I guess we'll have to tune into Ron and out. <laughs> okay uh gangrel shows up at 13 well, what's frustrating to me about that getting mabel kidnapped there is that now road dog has no one in the ring and that happened earlier in the match too um when someone when what awesome when whoever came out number four when draws came out uh they just have no one in the ring it's like it's a fucking 30 man match like you couldn't have thought of a way to not have dead air in the middle of your fucking royal rumble match like how do you like how is that not possible it looked like they were trying to give the rub to like some kind of a rub to road dog but like it was weird because it wasn't like road dog had done that much shit you know right it was it was right he lost to boss man tonight but i mean so gangrel does come out and uh road dog dispatches him pretty quickly it was around this time that king started taking shots at the psychic friends network Oh, I don't remember that. I Something vaguely about remember this. Comparing Dion Warwick to Latoya Jackson, I don't know. Oh, I heard Latoya Jackson, but I didn't hear Dion Warwick, so I was I wasn't sure what the hell was going on. I was just like, oh, all of this sucks. Who cares? What was the Psychic Friends Network? I thought it was Dion Warwick. Um, didn't she have like like because she was kind of like into? I mean, you know, for business reasons, into having a psychic, and so. <laughs> Didn't she like? She was basically like the spokesperson yeah. for the Psychic Friends Network. She was like the celebrity, like the yeah. She was the celebrity so like endorsement. She, she was not psychic herself. No, but it's just no, friends just with the psychics within the network. She she arranged the network of people. She was you know she's like guys. I got some great psychics. I think in fact actually in a single uh, no not in reality bites. I think um, Winona Ryder's character works up like a four hundred dollar. Uh, phone bill calling the Psychic Friends Network. And when did Miss Cleo happen? Ah, shit. Was it Miss Cleo? 
No, I'm just wondering how far away are we from Miss Cleo territory? I, th- I think it was around a similar time. I think there there were a lot of psychics on phone call on phone <laughs> lines at the time. I feel like Psychic Friends Network was was earlier, but I I, I truly don't know. Psychic Friends Network. There, like there, was... there was overlap. There was overlap. Yeah, but of I, some I, sort. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, back to this match. <laughs> Road Dog does the watch thing that Austin did. Definitely didn't feel deserved. No. And then no, he was actually just looking at a freckle. <laughs> he was like, whoa, is that growing? I hope it's not cancerous. <laughs> <laughs> then we got Kurgan. Actually, we'll just go through a couple of them. Kurgan, yeah. Al Snow, Goldust, and the Godfather. Um, I want justice for Al Snow. They did him dirty. I hated that. Yeah, they. I mean, this Al- whole... The, it's it, it's basically up until this point we haven't had any stars. <laughs> yeah, no, this is awful. I mean, I, the fact that Kurgan lasts as long as he does is insane to me. Like, he, I as Bobby once said, he looks like he's in need of an adult. Right, but Kurgan, uh, it's tough to get Kurgan out of the ring because, like, he is his only thing is I'm a big dude. But I thought I thought tie-dye was also his big thing but yes <laughs> but just also know he was, once was he, he also, is eliminated go for it, bobby wasn't wasn't he also like a south african warlord or something at one point like wasn't <laughs> that also part of it just throwing it out there oh yeah but just know once he is eliminated we never have to talk about him ever again <laughs> that's a wrap on kurgan did kurgan and, and dan severin go uh move upstate to raise a farm together <laughs> You know what's funny? After all those years, they did end up tattooing six 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 on their foreheads. <laughs> yeah, but for but they did it for themselves. Yeah, they've been thinking about it. And you're like, you know what? Actually, in retrospect, I think I could pull it off. <laughs> it's like it's like their version of getting bangs. Yeah, according to you, that's what they're doing right now. Uh, stick and poke. <laughs> uh, Gold dust uh, sucked. Godfather. Uh, did like had like what thirty seconds of something, and then that was it. Well, because then Kane's out next, yep. and Kane takes out Road Dog, Kurgan, Godfather, and Goldust. Yep. Before the White Coats show up uh, again. White Coats are at nineteen, right? That's how I have them. <laughs> um, Kane's been forced into the corporation. That's the storyline at going into this. Um, in order to keep him out of the asylum. But once they, uh, he turned his back on them, that's when they came back for him. I just think it's funny picturing Kane in some kind of institution, like doing group therapy. <laughs> right. Like in, um, in one flew over the cuckoo's yeah. nest. He's like talking about, uh, about, uh, you know, like the, the things mm. that piss him off when he's on the outside, like, Somebody who just talks too much, and he's just like, "I just want to wrestle." Except he's no, got, no, I had nothing. He's got the, that. he's got the talk box too. So like, somebody is is, is talking about their lives. It's like, have you thought about telling them your feelings, or perhaps setting yourself <laughs> on fire? <laughs> Reminds me of when my brother killed my parents. <laughs> Either way, uh, Kane eliminates himself, goes over the top rope. Well, why? 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 Because he's crazy? Uh, be- Is it because we're in hell? 
Has there, uh, Eric, has there been any question about where we are over the past four weeks? Yeah, it's like like maybe bef- maybe in a in an alternate universe we wa- we aren't in quarantine and this Royal Rumble had some good aspects to it. <laughs> I don't know. No. No, I'm I'm telling you, in an alternate universe, like Kane doesn't eliminate himself. Like you guys remembered it differently. We're in the middle of the Mandela effect. It's the Berenstein Canes. <laughs> All right, uh, McMahon's okay. back. Number 19. McMahon's back. He put on a sweater because I guess he was a little chilly. Then we got Billy Gunn doing his... No, we have Shamrock. Oh, Shamrock, Shamrock yep, 19. missed it. Sorry. Then we got Billy Gunn coming in doing his limp run, selling the ankle lock from earlier tonight, which I thought was a nice touch. But also... You like, know what? You know what? He also... He didn't do... Like, he, he did better than, like, the Becky Lynch, like, I hurt my knee. Like, he looked like he, you know, he really committed to the bit of of i will not be able to do any wrestling today <laughs> he's not wearing a shoe so that's how you know he was injured yeah like it's like no man i'm not even gonna put any weight on this at all the doctor was like i don't know man this is be four to six weeks no shoe <laughs> and then we had tests to which king replied here comes more corporate members oh boy he couldn't even bother to put uh, any more effort into his commentary than that it was very hard for me to find out who, who Test was because no. it was like they weren't saying his name. They were just like, they were just like, I, I was like, is, I was like, is it Tess? Like Tess of the Dubervilles? I don't know <laughs> who this person is. I don't know. Like they, they were like, eat, like um, Tess would like, like do like a, like a drop kick to somebody and they'd be like, a drop kick to Austin. I'm like, wait, 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 no. But who did the drop kick? <laughs> they wouldn't say Eric, didn't we talk about him once before? I don't know. I don't remember. The test was the uh, roadie for Motley Crue. Oh, that does sound familiar. Okay, maybe. I don't know. Either way, doesn't really matter. He's bad. Do you know that, uh, that, that, uh, what is it? P- Paul Bearer's real name is Percy. <laughs> Oh man, uh, I don't. Oh, his actual first name is William Tingle, like Mitt. <laughs> Billy Tingle, isn't it? Is that right? No, it was, it was like Bill Mitt or Bill. Bill, Bill Moody, Moody. Bill Moody. Bill Moody. Bill Moody. There Bill it is. Moody. <laughs> we got there. Well, because it was Percy. <laughs> it was Percy Pringle, wasn't that? The yeah. Thing? yeah. Percy yeah, Pringle, okay. Willie Tingle. <laughs> There's a rhyme. <laughs> Had a wife, but couldn't bingle. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> but you know said one. he was single. I think we got this. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, this All match. Right. Uh, who's out next? <laughs> well, before Number we get to boss man, but before the oh, boss man, say? that's when we go outside to see the acolytes and Midian beating on Mabel and putting him in the hearse, and that's when the ambulance comes back in, revealing that Austin has apparently beaten up the paramedics and stolen their ride. I I will say this. Um, there was a point where they're putting they were putting um, Mabel into the hearse, and a siren tur- like started sounding, and I didn't see the the uh, ambulance, and I was like, oh my god, is this the siren on, on the hearse? Is the hearse finally on a, in an emergency where it has to go somewhere? Yeah, every now and then a hearse is carrying the, an extremely large man who must be re-educated to join an evil wizard's ministry. 
that's when you no, put on usually, the alarm. The emergency, I think, is like, this man's dead, but he might live at some point. <laughs> Quick, we have to bury him. We can't lose another. Then you have Boss Man, Eric. Then we have Boss Man. Sure. Then we have uh, Triple H, who had a really good match against The Rock on December 14th for the uh, WWF Championship. If anyone feels like going back and watching something that's actually fun. Nope. Right. I don't know. I think I hate wrestling now after this, so. <laughs> Hard to say. Val Venus, X-Pac, Mark Henry, Jeff Jarrett, and D'Lo Brown with PMS. Yeah. Ter- oh, Terry looked hot. Well, Terry's boobs are completely out, but she's doing some kind of like drunken pirouette into the ring area. You know what? Her Marlena Dietrich thing, I I, I I respect her artistic choices. You go you go for it. You you do whatever you need to do, Terry, to get through this match. Okay. Um Billy Gunn was eliminated. Deborah looked like she got a like an Oh, I was going to say Deborah uh, McMichael looked like she got a, a night's sleep. They actually <laughs> gave her gave her a, a bigger heads up to get ready. In that time, Billy Gunn got eliminated. Test got eliminated. Uh, Bossman eliminates X-Pac. And then we got Owen Hart. Yep. Sure do. Then Triple H eliminates Jarrett. Uh... Austin throws water in Vince's face, and then we have an entrant 30. We have China, and she gets a hell of a pop, and that's an awesome thing in a less awesome Royal Rumble. Yep. Yeah, and it was so short-lived because she has this, like, you know, pretty awesome moment where she comes in. She, like, takes out – she takes out Mark Henry, who's gigantic. I mean, Mark Henry kind of – it, it it wasn't my favorite bump. It was a yeah. little bit like Mark Henry was like, time to go over the rope. But they're both <laughs> um, so green. I mean, like, so green. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, he goes over, and it's like, and everyone's like, oh, shit, oh, shit. And then immediately Austin eliminates her. And I'm just like, what the fuck was this? So upset. Well, it may, I mean, like, I'm trying to think of the, uh, all the women that have been in the Rumble. It, Nia Jax, Beth Phoenix, and China. I think that's the only three um, women to enter the men's Rumble. And it's hard because the thing is a lot of – they usually even they're going to use the spot, they're almost never treated as serious competitors in the Rumble. Just because it's hard enough to get any number of men to sell to a woman in any intergender stuff. And when they do, it's usually a comedy thing or it's going to be, like, a very quick uh, – they're not going to really be in there hanging in the rumble, even though I think yeah. that there is a story to tell there with that. Um, I think there are some that why that would be believable doing that. Charlotte, well, they, for example. Yeah, they they sold it as like comeuppance for Mark Henry, like exactly. uh, talking about sleeping with China, which is like such garbage. Well, there's but a it, lot more going on in that story, which I think we might actually have to do a deep dive episode into all the stuff that's going on there. Yeah, I kind Don't of you agree. threaten me with a good time. <laughs> uh, All right, so, so Triple H to... eliminates Val Venus, Austin eliminates Triple H, and we're left with our final four slash five, Owen, Bossman, D'Lo, and Austin. Just go through it. By the way, 
by the way, I was like, I was like, look at this fucking final five. Like, what is this shit? You know, I remember in, in past Royal Rumbles, you've kind of said like, you know, when you look at the last five people in the Royal Rumble, uh, you get a, you get a, a glimpse of who the biggest stars are at the moment. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Is this really all the biggest stars at the moment when one of them is Vince McMahon? Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, it's, I would not apply that logic to this one for sure. So Austin eliminates Owen, Bossman eliminates D'Lo, then gets a stunner from Austin, Austin and Bossman is out. Uh, and then they're fighting back at the announce table. Bobby, you want to take us home at the end of this? Uh, Wait, where did you leave off? Sorry. Uh, Vince and Austin think. are fighting by the announce table. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Vince and Austin are, are fighting by the uh, announce table, and then Rocky shows up. Right? Is it, am I remembering this right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Great. And uh, Rocky well, shows no, up. No. 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 Oh wait. Well, no. They're they're, they're no, back. They're in the, the they're in the ring when Rock shows up. Oh. What happens at the table? Where did I miss? I don't remember. I don't have it in my notes. Oh, I think um uh so Vince goes over the 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 divider into the crowd. They start fighting in the crowd. Um Austin throws him back over uh in like in the outside and then chases him and like and I guess like hits him gives him a pretty rough headshot with a chair. And then I think he like um Vince is like basically stunned. And he throws Vince into the ring. Do I have that right, Aaron? Yeah, I think so. That sounds. Great. I watched cool. this the first time months ago. I guess when we watched it before, I was like, I know what happens here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know how this one ends. Either way, the very end, what happens? Well, at the very end, The Rock shows up, allow getting the distraction from Austin, allowing Vince to toss him over the top. All right. Vince McMahon wins the only Rumble he's ever entered. He's competed in. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck! It's like, it's a little bit like when uh, you know you're in you're in like middle school and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna throw a talent show for me and all my friends. And by the way, I'm gonna win this talent show. <laughs> it's it's just like what? Oh god! Go yeah, on. this is Who some like it? Mr. Burns shit right here. Yes, yes. By the way, there's a there's one part where Vince um, Vince is kind of like. Uh, on his knees or something in front of uh, in front of Austin and kind of groveling or, or acting hurt, and then uh, he hits uh, Austin with a nut shot, mm-hmm. and and King goes, "That's why he's the smartest man in the world." <laughs> yes, truly, truly a sign of of higher levels of intellect to go for a nut shot. There's not a lot of intellect going around the end of this match. Anyone have anything else no. they want to say about this? Um, no. I think it. Uh, okay, my my uh, takeaway from that ending of the of the match. Oh my god, where Vince is fucking doing the, uh, doing the 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 Steve Weisers. Well, actually, it's he's they're drinking cores, so that's how you know they're evil. Um, they're all drinking. Coors that's true. He got somebody the... to uh, deliver them from Georgia for him. <laughs> yeah so they're all 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 those stooges and and um vince are all 
drinking beers to emulate uh, Austin's celebration. I and actually like, like that. It just felt. Yeah, I mean, it felt like it felt like a real. It, it felt very similar to um, the episode last week's episode where uh, we talked about, you know, like the the WCW kind of like the fuck you to the crowd, like, yep, fuck all you guys, like. This is this is how your pay per view pay per view is gonna end with all of us just like shitting on you, um. But like what I what my takeaway from it immediately was, it's a it's kind of amazing to me that like Vince winning the Royal Rumble simultaneously ruins the Royal Rumble and also probably ruins WrestleMania's main event. You know what I mean? Like. It's like it it it, uh, it destroyed like two events with one outcome. Well, it's just like who wants to fucking watch, you know, Eric. Vince in WrestleMania. Well, as you know, rules are meant to be broken, and then no one breaks their own rules more than WWE. So don't don't um as my therapist would would tell me, don't worry twice. Don't worry about a problem <laughs> until you know it's a problem until it's a problem. You know what I mean? So let's let WrestleMania uh, I like, unfold. I like don't worry twice. Yeah, that's what my therapist tells me all the time. Because if you would believe it, I actually worry about things many times. <laughs> right? You're like, wait, you're just trying. So I've already wrote. I, I've already I've already worried about it twice. You're saying I shouldn't worry about it four four more times? Okay, okay, four hundred more times? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, we got one more thing left to do. For years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammies in a segment we call For Your Reconsideration. I'll go first. All right, I'll go. F- oh, I'll- wow. Okay, you want to go first? You go first, Eric. Okay, I'll go first. You know, I, I feel like I always take the the cleanup spot, and it feels like uh, it's not so generous of me to, to go after all of you guys. You know, I, I should, I should you know, open for you guys sometimes. Um <laughs> I, it's funny. I wrote this down yesterday and it actually turned out to be very prescient and maybe a good tribute. Um, I'm going to give the WWE's Milton Award to uh, timekeeper Howard Finkel. Aw. Who, yeah. To, but like uh, when, um, I, during, the, during the I Quit match, when Rock was like, basically, Rock and Mankind were fighting right in that area. Howard Finkel was hold, was protecting the bell, standing on the side protecting the bell like it was his stapler. <laughs> he was like, he just he looked like it was just like, no, 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 no one's gonna get to this. Please, please, just get out of the way. I just need to protect the bell. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, uh, Howard Finkel died yesterday. So I'm sorry for putting that Slammy Award curse on him. Mm. Rest in peace, man. Um, well, my slam. Ooh, go ahead. Uh, mine's really dumb. There mine was is a two. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a point where uh, Vince McMahon was went onto the commentary team. So, at one point, it was Vince McMahon. It was uh, Jerry the King Lawler, and it was Michael Cole. So I'm going to go with the Fiddler's Three Award because you had Old King and Cole on there. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. That was dumb. Yeah, it's really dumb. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what Fiddler's Three is. but Old King Cole was a merry old soul, and a merry old soul was he? Sure, okay. 
He called for his I mean, pipe I and he called for his it. bowl and he called for his fiddler's three. I feel like in another world, Aaron, you would have become a Batman villain. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad we stopped you. You never know where this world is leading us. Oh yeah, no, uh, uh, Batman, have you have you finally caught the rhymer? <laughs> Go take it us home, Bobby. All right, I'm gonna give the. Uh, oof, I, I had a name and then I'm changing it in my mind. I'm having second thoughts on the name now. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna give the Everclear Slammy to the 90s, 90s, 1990s guys I have ever seen in the front row of the crowd when Shamrock and Billy Gunn were fighting. They had DX t-shirts with the sleeves cut off. They had uh, tribal sun tattoos. They had their bangs gelled to the max. Uh, and I saw them and I was like, yeah, that is everybody I had a crush on when uh, <laughs> during this time of our lives. Yeah. And probably, you know, probably still today. do today in, in like an appropriate age way or if in an inappropriate age way uh, in when they're much older. <laughs> were those the same guys who were dancing in unison when uh, Gangrel came out? Um, I believe they were also dancing a lot for the oddities for when Golga came out. Oddly. Yes. 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 Yeah. It was those guys. But during the Billy Gunn match with with uh ken shamrock they were just like the biggest dx marks and they just like that that sort of like uh male gelled bangs that are just like these like uh stalagmites that just like come down or stalactites i can't remember which ones come from the ceiling uh stalagmites come from the oh stalactites come from the ceiling because of the sea stalactites yes uh they that's what they remind me of but anyway that's what those guys remind me of i was like man that is the 90s for sure all right and they call for their Fiddlers 3. Oh, also, uh, one thing I didn't mention earlier, I'm going to mention it now, though. Ryan Shamrock, when he asked for a girl from the, his friend who was the DJ at the strip bar, he asked for a wholesome-looking girl, and that's who they came up with. And then they put her in that makeup, in that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I only caught a second of her, but I was like, yep, holes. I, there are some holes there. They're like, yeah. uh, give Ugh. us... They're like... They're like <laughs> Give us a wholesome girl so we can make her look like a, a prostitute on like an SVU episode. <laughs> it's like, well, why not just start? Why even bother with a wholesome girl to start with? It's gonna be... <sighs> anyway, love us, disagree, want to drop us on some electrical equipment? Let us know. Email us at HelenaCellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at Helena Cell Pod or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slow Pass. Our theme song is There Are Traders in Our Myths by Disco Vietnam, and our art is by Alexis Yavney. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and view us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be back again with another mini next week. And join us in two weeks for. Uh, shit, I didn't write this down. Uh, oh, right. We'll be Guys, back we're in quarantine. We're doing the best we can. Some some bullshit. I don't know. And join us again in two weeks for the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in your house. Aww. Romantic. We're starting to get oh, this. Uh, in two weeks, in two weeks, it's going to be the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in my house, literally. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting to get this uh, remote learn, uh, recording stuff down. So remote learning. Remote Listen, learning is still I, tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we only have, I think, in four more episodes, I think we'll nail it. Yeah. <laughs>